0: Hello everyone, this is the Crucial Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sedam. In this episode, we're going to talk about how identities drive what we do. Our identities and new identities we adopt, and changing our identities can change our behavior and can lead to better things. It can also change the behavior of others and can help people collaborate because identities is how people decide how they're going to act in a group and against other groups. To start off our conversation, Let's listen to the Bloomberg report about an essay written by Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. Another quote from this essay by Tim Cook from Bloomberg Business Week. I've made Apple my life's work. I continue to spend virtually all of my waking time focused on being the best CEO that I can be. Part of social progress is understanding that a person is not defined only by one's sexuality, race, or gender. I'm an engineer, and uncle, a nature lover, a fitness nut a son of the South, a sports fanatic, and many other things. I hope that people will respect my desire to focus on the things I'm best suited for. Now, what Mr. Cook's statement tells us is that the roles we fill define how we interact with others. It is our identities that become important in our lives that impact how we perform and how we behave in certain contexts. Now, Mr. Cook said that he's an uncle, he's an engineer. Now, think about just those two identities. When he's around his nieces and nephews, if he acts like an engineer, it may not go over so well. But when he acts like an uncle in those contexts, in those situations, he's using the appropriate identity to decide what to do and how to behave. So when we're talking about identities, and we're talking about human behavior, let's look at back a little bit on how we got to where we are in society, in the United States, in our companies— And it really comes down to this uh, concept of scientific management. From the Industrial Revolution, there has been a focus on examining tasks performed by people so that we can find a best way to accomplish that particular task. The idea being that if we can do that the one best way, production is going to increase and everything will be great. Now, this idea of scientific management was made famous by Frederick Taylor and it crept into many facets of life not just manufacturing, and we still see it a lot today. Now, since then, it seems as if finding the best way to accomplish a task has been at the front lines of human performance. There seems to be a a constant influx of studies surrounding if-then rewards and managers who are focused on resources as a means to produce results, including treating human beings as resources. Now, how do we see this come out in in our organizations, in our companies, in our society? Well, we see set hours, we see time clocks, we see scheduled breaks, assembly lines uh, for production. All of these are tangible examples of what was born from the methodical management of resources, including people. This gave rise to generations of people that believe rationalization, data analysis, policies, budgets, and better organizational charts – will all lead to higher performance. Now, all of these things are important. Fitting people into this type of management system, though, may not provide a higher level of performance, build a spree, or foster teamwork. All of that other stuff is important, but human beings are the ones that actually get things done. Human beings are the ones that need to collaborate. So an organizational chart's not going to make people work together. Only their relationships can do that. So after scientific management, a man came along named Tajfel, and a group of researchers started working on the idea that people adopt identities and belong to groups because they want to belong. They believe in what their group stands for, and they respond to people they think are against them. Now this lens of identity allows us to focus on people rather than business processes and organizational charts and budgets. There are many pieces of this identity lens that come from the social identity theory and self-categorization theory, and it's all about how people make decisions because people need things like self-respect. They find importance in identifying with groups. They have role models they can look up to to figure out how they're supposed to behave, and they all need social belonging. All of this influences how human beings view their world and respond to situations. So context is very important, and the identities that drive a person adds context to situations that people are constantly faced with. Now, the identity approach to understanding what drives people is valuable. It can explain why and how a human being could become a terrorist or a gang member. When you look at a terrorist and a terrorist act, it's difficult to see from our view, from our lens, how anybody could do something so atrocious. But if you use the identity approach to human behavior, you can start understanding why some people will do what they do. Now, all this can explain how a human being can become a terrorist or a gang member. So this must also mean that the approach has a tremendous amount of potential to be used for good things like self-improvement and team building and collaboration between people or groups. Now, in short, it not only can explain what drives terrorism or criminal behavior, it can also help point out tools that can lead to positive and beneficial behavior. So based on everything we know about this identity approach to human behavior, there are three key takeaways of this episode. First, humans are social animals. This is what's made us so successful as a species. And we have not changed from our ancestors that hunted and gathered We have new technology, and we have easier ways to communicate, but we're still seeking that same social belonging and that that same belonging to a group. The second key takeaway is that human beings are different than other social animals. And the main way we are different is that we can construct reality, and we can fabricate this reality as a way for us to understand situations, our environment, and other people. And the last takeaway is that identities we adopt through group membership, these things drive our behavior. So those three key takeaways are what are important in this episode. Now, we are not the only animals that are social. Whales, gorillas, dolphins, bees, all of those creatures are social. They can band together to protect each other. They can look for food. They can care for offspring. Same things we can do. However, we're the only animal... That can create reality. And this is why we have made it to the top of the food chain. We use stories in order to pass ideas to others and motivate people to take action. Think about some of the things we use every single day that impact our lives. Things like money and government. These things are socially constructed. They're socially constructed as a way for us to deal with the changing world around us. But they are realities that we created. And constructing realities, if you think about it, has really been extremely beneficial to humans as a species. The fact that we can fabricate reality and do this with other people makes us very adaptable and flexible. And we do so much of this through the stories we tell ourselves and to others. These stories lead to new behaviors and how we understand the world. And we use stories to tell ourselves ourselves how to behave a certain way, to create identities for ourselves and to teach ourselves how we should behave so we can expand what we can do. We can create these new roles within ourselves to be able to perform at a higher level. We also tell each other stories. Stories let us pass on information. They help us to show others what expected behavior is and create feelings so that we can affect their behavior. Now, decisions happen in the same part of the brain that emotions Come from. And because of this, and the way stories can create emotions, stories are absolutely imperative when trying to create or change behavior. And finally, storytelling is valuable because it is entertaining and exciting. It allows us to adopt identities, categorize other people, and pass on information in a way that spurs action. Now, when we talk about identity, we're talking about how we make sense of our world. So let's do a quick exercise. Imagine yourself at work, whether you're walking down the hallway or or walking along the job site, and you see someone approaching you. You're going to say hello to them, and you're going to talk to that person walking towards you. What will you say in the following scenarios? The first scenario, it's a friend that you play softball with on the weekend. The second scenario, it's your supervisor. And the third, it's a peer that you don't get along with, They work in another part of the the office or uh, another part of the job site. However, you need their support on a project. Now, in each of these three situations, my guess is the conversation changes depending upon the role you will play, depending upon how you identify and how you categorize the other people. Now, academics and sociologists, they would say that the identity that is salient to the context of the situation will drive what you say. Another way to say this is, whatever identity you feel is important at the time will guide your behavior and the conversation. So imagine you have a bunch of Lego figures in your pocket. These represent the identities that drive your behavior. You can have one of a parent, of a spouse, of a friend, of a worker, of a student, of a teacher. I mean, think of all the roles that you play in your life. When faced with a situation, you're going to pull out the figure, the Lego figure that is the most important to you at the time that fits the closest to the context of that situation. And we all have multiple identities. And these identities are the characters in the stories of our life. And all of these roles give our lives meaning, and they change our behavior. So the identities not only change behavior, they can also drive our feelings, which make us decide to do things depending upon what we're faced with. And this makes two things possible. One, it allows us to be social. And two, it explains how we're affected by social factors. Now, the identity that is important to us, such as friend or coworker or subordinate, allows us to interact in a way that we believe is appropriate at the time. It also shows us if we put ourselves into a category, our psychology, including how we feel, the level of stress we feel, and similar psychological influences are all impacted. So do you see yourself as a valued employee or a disliked employee? That would make the difference on how you deal with your boss. This notion that we are social animals is very important to how we behave and how we can help others to behave in a different way. As human beings, we communicate in very sophisticated manners, but we truly do need each other. We need to cooperate. So think about how you feel when you belong in a tight-knit group. This could be a close group of friends, your family, or a team at work. Those feelings of trust and safety in a group, like our family and friends, That lets us focus on dangers outside of the group. I think we can learn a lot from the extreme training and vetting process of special forces like the Navy SEALs. Because there's so much trust and so much group belonging, they can do some really special things. But when trust and safety are not present, our overall performance declines because we're wasting energy protecting ourselves from real or perceived threats from within the group. With that that trust and that feeling of safety, we can focus outside. We can use our energy outside of the group. So have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you just don't belong? This could be in a situation like you were a new kid in school, uh, boot camp, first day at a new job. Those are all examples where we can act differently because of two different reasons. The first, we can feel like we're not socially accepted. And this makes us behave as outsiders. We're more closed off. We're more protective and we lack confidence. We can also decide to adopt that new identity. And by adopting that identity, we now start to behave as a member of that group. This helps us begin to change behavior. So if an 18-year-old joins the military and goes to boot camp acting like they did when they were at home, their lives are going to be very stressful. However, if they adopt the role of a recruit, they may still be stressed out, but they have categorized themselves in a way that lets them deal with the context of the situation they're in. In a couple of months, that same 18-year-old has an identity that allows them to work as a team and even spurs them to risk their own lives for a team member. So these stories we tell ourselves, based on the identities that we adopt or want to change, this is how we change behavior. Now, we do this in basically four steps. First, we define ourselves as a member of a, of a category, of a group. Second, we learn and develop the expected behaviors that go with that category. Third, we assign norms and attributes of that category. And then finally, those norms and attributes that we have assigned become more ingrained and more normal in our behavior because it becomes a more important part of our life. So. All of the identities that are important to us show themselves as we live our lives. They constantly evolve and are constantly honed. We may see the biggest change to our behavior early on when we first identify with a group, but as social creatures, we're constantly evaluating in our categories and those models of behavior we use to guide what a member of that group is supposed to do. This helps us learn new behaviors and adapt to our environments. Now, this whole episode, we've talked about the role of identity in driving behavior. It can have an impact on groups. It can have an impact on individuals. It can have an impact on society. So being able to think about behavior as different roles we're playing, depending upon the context of the situation, is hugely important to how humans behave. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Crucial Talks podcast. I'll be constantly honing my identity as a podcaster. So each episode, my goal is to get it a little bit better than the last. Now, if you find value in any of the Crucial Talks episodes, please share the podcast. I'd like to expand this community of practitioners and people interested in human behavior. Also, please visit the Crucial Talks website at www.crucialtalks.com. And connect with me via email or on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, or all of the above. I learn so much from other people and truly believe our relationships can help us all succeed. We can do it together. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.